This is the Dan and Christy podcast. Dan and Christy. The McNugget Buddies are back at Maccas in the limited edition Kerwin Frost Box. Here they come. Smoko time. Knock off apprentices. Um, do you know how much money they're actually getting these days, tradies? Because there's videos uh, going viral with several Queensland tradies, and they openly just uh, just ask how much do you earn, and yes. they openly just tell you their pay packets. And I'm not one to pry about people's wage or salary and stuff like that, but even when I heard this, I was like, tell me everything, because I'm seriously tempted to pick up a big tool, or pick up a big hammer. <laughs> well, you do that every morning <laughs> when you wake up. Um, but plenty, plenty of Aussies are envious of this because um, whether you're a chippy or a sparky or a carpenter or a plumber or a diesel fitter, my dad was a fitter and turner and he does not make as much money as these guys do. Like, have a listen to this. Some of them are six-figure salaries. I'm a diesel fitter by trade. I uh, work on heavy earth moving equipment, 120, 130 an hour. Fitting and machining in the mines and between 130 and 140,000. I'm a scaffolder and Whoa. I make about three grand. A week after tax. I am a coal miner and I make about 160000 a year. Whoa, should have learned to trade. Bloody hell, mm. damn straight we should have. Congratulations, everyone, if you're bringing this in. Very happy for you. Do you know that this says $160,000 a year one coal miner made? Yeah. Gee, I'm tempted. If this doesn't work you out, this radio thing. You would not last a day oh, in really? a mine. Yes. I could, yes, I could. I'm on Zoolander would last a day. My, so what's when you can go into a mine and all you do is you drive the truck back and forth? <laughs> do you know how much money they get paid to oh, do yeah. that? Oh, yeah. It's hard work, though. Oh, yeah, I know. But like, I've been down a mine before, right? Oh, I well, that's pretty had good. had a tour of it. Pretty they <laughs> Let's give you all the cash. <laughs> I've been down a mine. Yeah. But you know what else? Like driving in through traffic, I was like, you know what? I could do. I could be like a lollipop lady, like do the traffic control. I'd yeah, do but that. that's not a trade, is it? All right. Well, then what if? Okay. So for instance, the other day we had a carpenter come around to our house. Mm-hmm. Lovely guy called Gavin, who I found by the way online, not oh, my husband, good. because it was my idea. I said, can we knock down a wall in the kitchen that goes to the outside laundry? Could you make that kind of like a walk-in pantry, right? Mm-hmm. But then when Gavin comes around. Who does he do the talking to? Not the woman who came up with the idea of this cool tradey thing. Tells everything to husband Justin. The bloke. Yeah, yeah, and they're talking about casing walls, whatever. I didn't, I didn't, okay. I didn't oh, there, know yeah, this what is they really were good talking so far. about. You could be a specialist. <laughs> Six figure salaries this, right now. It's insane, isn't it? Mm, I mean, you look yeah. at it. But you know, it's, it is a specialised skill. You should be paid for your ability. I yeah. love this. It's, well, it's a horrible job everyone. that destroys your body because, you know, it's hard yeah. physical toll, the demands on it. Yeah. Because, um, you know, most people who are carpenters in their 50s look like they're about 70 because they need new knees, new shoulders. Yeah, that's uh, they the physically thing. can't do it. Because tradies are for the young, I think. Like, if you're an well, apprentice, you could do it for a while. Yeah, but you'd be surprised. You see stamina mm. in a lot of the people, like men and women, who can last, <laughs> last a lot longer than what you would think. Um, and, uh, you know, even the carpenter that I mentioned about, he was lovely guy. He would have been in his late 50s, surely. Mm-hmm. I mean, he had his own business and he did have the young guys around to, to you know, give him a hand. He Do was probably doing all the, you know, the orders of what you do and stuff. Mm. But Jesus, $160,000. I did not know that this was the sort of salaries people were getting. Even scaffolding, 3000 a week. That's amazing. And you did say Jesus just then. He was also a carpenter. <laughs> when were you running on empty? Your car was spluttering this morning, wasn't it? Damn straight it was. Chugga chugging along. Because, chugga chugga. I mean, I'm not blaming. I love my husband more than life itself. But, dude, you were the last person to use the car. Just put some fuel in it, you know? Just check where it's at. There was, I don't know, like 15 k's or maybe 7 kilometres left of fuel in the car. 
to I was go, like, there's, well, surely there's a petrol station within 15 Ks. Yes. I, I won't blame you for it. But it's the time thing. So then I have to text mm. you guys, you and producer Maddie, and I'm like, so sorry, guys, now I'm going to be late because husband had the car the last time. So I think if you have the car and you're the last driver of the car and you notice that the fuel is going down, just that's when you have to go, you know what? I it's hate a nice courtesy. Just go and do it. But anyway. Mm. Thankfully, I didn't break down, but I was running on empty. But mm. as I said, you know, you know, you can't. There are two types of people in, it, when it comes to fuel. The people that just go and fill up when you have, like, so much petrol left. Or mm-hmm. you push it to the limit. I push it every single time. I, I'm underneath E sometimes. I'm, like, looking at just the lights on. I'm like, like I, know my car. Yeah, I reckon I, I can, I can push this. Yeah, yeah I, can, I can do this. <laughs> just keep on going um, because it's proven that, um, you know, if you just believe in your car, it'll do amazing things. They can do miracles, let's just say. Like, I yeah. remember I had, like, 20 bucks to to my name. This was not very long ago, three, hmm. four, three years ago, maybe in COVID times. And um, yeah. I had no money, and we were living in the country with Mum and Deb and stuff like that. And we we broke down because <laughs> I refused to put fuel in the car. But but on the flip side, I did have a lot more fuel than what I thought. And so then I had to push this Ford Falcon inside my parents' property. But I was like, you know what? If I can push a, if I can push our kids, yeah. I can push this Ford Falcon, <laughs> and I did. That's right. A bit like Fred Flintstone in the <laughs> Flintstones. Just do it with your feet. Uh, Natalie from Albury. Now, where did you run out of fuel? I ran out of fuel at the traffic lights. I was probably about 17 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had nobody else in the car. And I had to pull up. And somebody else had to get out of their car and help me. Mm-hmm. So luckily it was a servo on the corner. So it, they, we just pushed it over to the side. And I put fuel in the car. And that was the... First and last time that I've ever do that again. Oh. Yeah, absolutely. When you're 17 as well, you would learn that. You'd be like, that's never happened yep. to me again, right? Definitely, yeah. <laughs> Brittany from Bridgewater, babe, where did you run on empty with fuel? Well, so I do two school trips a day, one to Glenorchy and one to Kingston. Obviously, petrol is expensive, mm. and I'm a stingy <laughs> mother. Me too, yeah. So when you have to do those trips twice a day, I use about... Like, I fill my car probably three times a week, which is very expensive. Um, anyway, so I drove from Bridgewater to Kingston, back to Bridgewater on empty, that it was below the empty line, and I bunny hopped into the service station. Yeah, that's about 50 k's, isn't it? Like, b- there yeah, and back. Yeah, it's not yeah. more. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of fuel, babe. Do you turn the air con off as well? Like, just, you know, um, I, I don't do. use my air con, so if it's hot, my kids are stuck with the windows down. Yeah, they just right. deal with it. Yeah. Windows down. That's what our parents did. Mm. We didn't have the luxury of the AC. <laughs> so when I get in people's car and I use the air con, I'm just like, yeah, okay, you're rich <laughs> Nat from Bendigo, where did you break down with no fuel? Yeah, coming back home from a night out with my father um, on the road. I don't drive. 15 k's out of a rural town. I kept looking at the uh, fuel gauge and you're going to run out. He kept telling me, look, you don't drive, mate. I know my car. I know my car. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, bang. <laughs> Ran out of fuel. Did you have to walk? Ten, ten o'clock at night, we had to walk back to the town, Jerry can in hand to get it, and I just kept saying, look, mate, I may not drive, but I, I can read a fuel gauge. I can read a fuel gauge. <laughs> to recline or not to recline is what we're asking on flights. On 131060, it's okay to recline your seat on a plane, I think, if it's a long enough flight, but otherwise I would never, ever do it. I like that etiquette. Some mm-hmm. people are recliners. Some people are decliners. Mm-hmm. Don't decline if you don't have to. Like, that's just etiquette of reclining on a chair, right? Like, mm-hmm. you only do it, like you said. If it's an international flight, of course, we all recline. But if you're interstate, just decline. 
All these things that you could do. But what about this? Mm-hmm. Uh, an airline, <laughs> they're looking at the possibility of introducing seats that don't recline at all. Fair enough. Because, you know, you think Completely about it. Completely reasonable. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? But then mm-hmm. imagine the tray and stuff like that. There's nothing worse than when you're on a plane and you're trying to eat your cheese and crackers and then, you know, old man in front of you just wants to have a long nap and then there's bags from their seat to your seat. Like, mm-hmm. it's just a whole thing. So uh, I try and be really courteous on the plane and I don't ever recline my chair unless it's a long flight. Although yeah. I did once do it because I thought no one was behind me. It turns out that there was a man there with oh. a baby. There was this oh. new dad and he's sitting there with his, like, he's exhausted and I couldn't see him because he was huddled into his own chair so much because he was so tired, you know. And here's me just being a selfish cow, putting my chair back, having the best time at all. I mean, I think that's the thing. We all have experiences when people, you know, do the recline, don't we? Well, that's the etiquette. You, usually I don't do it, but uh, only when necessary. If there's no one behind you, you put the seat back a little bit. You only get, like, about an inch of comfort. And then what about the plane too? Um, but like a guy like Maddie Reynolds, who's very tall. So this guy, Our producer, how tall are you, Maddie? A six four, that six four, three four centimeters. So your knees would be behind your ears oh, on, a plane. on a good night. But usually <laughs> on the plane, they're um, pressed into the chair in front of me. Yeah. So Same. it's like all fun and games to have the idea, but they can't recline because my knees are there. So. <laughs> So, so you, you're getting like Warwick Cappard from behind, like usually. Uh, if someone, you know, just a knee right in the back. Yeah. Which well, is awful. It would be awful because you are a big boy, Maddie. I mean, yes. I mean that, you know, with love. Like, no, you're, you're not, right. I don't wink. know. I mean, not. Um, I mean, you're tall. No, no, you're tall. You're not big. Mm. I mean, from what I, I take up a lot of room. <laughs> and yes, I, I always feel really bad. Like, I'm because I feel bad, you know, going to concerts. You know, when yeah. you're a tall guy that takes up so much space, I don't want to recline too much, take up too much room. Mm-hmm. It's just um, the struggle of being a giant, I guess. <laughs> you're a gentle giant. You are. I am so gentle. Mm. Unless you're trying to lean back into your seat. <laughs> Talking toilets on 131060. What a banger of a song. Yeah, so I cute. totally do. I do like that it. That was written um, for you, was it? Uh, it was for my daughter, Maddie, who's five, and will not go to the toilet at school. Aww. So my wife, Jane, had to go to school to get her to go to the toilet because, unfortunately for her, she gets a little bit of anxiety, mm. and it's probably our fault because there's a lot of spiders in our toilet. So, <laughs> one, she's anxious to go in her own toilet at home. There's daddy long legs everywhere. Yeah. And you can't stop that from happening, can you? No, of course not. That's mm. just a normal thing. A daddy long leg. That'll hurt you. They're cute. You know, you teach kids to be resilient when they see a little insect. We live in Australia. It's going to happen at some point. That's true. And I call your husband daddy also. (laughs) Um, He's got long legs. The third one in the middle. But... The thing is, like, it's caused her so much anxiety that she's having problems just going to the toilet at school. Yeah. So on Monday, she went to school and wet pants, unfortunately. Aww. So, like, came home in these giant baggy shorts. I'm like, what's happened? She goes, oh, I spilled water on them. And I, I just quickly talked to the teacher. I'm like, she didn't spill water on them, yeah. did she? And she's like, no, no, she no. hasn't. But I, I just didn't let her know and just went, well, she didn't go to the toilet, unfortunately. Yeah, but you know what? She's only just started prep slash kinder. Mm. Yeah. She's only a little bubba, and they're just adjusting to when they get out of the house, you mm-hmm. know, and they, you would feel anxious. Thankfully, your beautiful wife, Jane, could go and, like, come to the school and take her. Well, but she has to take her so to a different toilet, too. Like, she goes to a completely different toilet near the library now, so Does nowhere she? near the cubicle, where, which is, like, just opposite the prep school, the classroom. Fair enough. Mm. You've got to... You've got to 
integrate how kids feel comfortable using outside of the home things. Mm-hmm. Toilets are just one of them, but, the, you know, even adults, it still happens too. They don't use the toilets. Mm-hmm. Remember when we were at work, though, and I walked in on you on the toilet? That's right. And we, we I just, just said, get in, mate. <laughs> <laughs> just holding I this. Just, don't worry about what's happening. not see much. No, I walked in, and there's Dan in the, like, the unisex toilet, mm-hmm. and I went, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry, and I... Made it weird. You made it weird, up with your kid. I, mean, I just you turned just... it to helicopter. I'm like, set this thing to helicopter. We're off. Bye. Um, no, it didn't bother me. But you walked into a toilet that was already had the you know the lock on it. But the lock doesn't work here at work. I know, and that's why it's terrifying for not only children, like your beautiful daughter, but for adults. Heaps of people don't use the work toilet. Heaps mm-hmm. of people don't use toilets in general. Like I made the mistake of going to a public toilet. Uh, around Christmas time at a park, and I thought, hey, this is fine, because I've got no qualms. You know me, I always have to pee. Anyway, and I went to this public toilet, and there's a guy in there (laughs) having a big... Let's just say there was a lot of mess on the walls. I screamed. I walked out. Yeah, that was you that day. Was it George Michael's latest release? (laughs) (laughs) Faith, the the song that is. But uh, that's awful. I know. That's why you don't want to go to public places. And, like, your husband gets anxiety about toilets. He doesn't go to public toilets. He won't use it. He will not use use a public toilet. My husband, Justin, Mm. will not use a toilet except outside of our home, which is why I told him. When we were going to get a prospective ensuite, I said, you're not using the ensuite if you have to go. Go and use the main toilet. Like, And he's like, no. What's the point of having an ensuite then? For heaps of stuff, for bathroom stuff, for toothbrushes and toothpaste <laughs> and just extra space. Like, don't come into the ensuite and destroy it. Just go elsewhere. No, you've got to drop a dude. Yes, it's what you would do. <laughs> well, apparently 59% of adults um, don't go. Uh, they feel totally awkward about doing their business in a public restaurant. It's not. Uh, a, a, it's more common than you would actually think. Sixty mm. percent of people. Jeez. Whereas I have no trouble. Yeah, I know. I, well, I saw court. that day, didn't I? <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I saw <right>. something. <laughs> Dad and Christy. What about this? A little reminder to always tell the truth, especially mm-hmm. you kids listening, because a woman in Ireland has asked for six hundred and fifty thousand pounds in compensation after a car accident, but has had her claim rejected because she was found to have won a Christmas tree throwing competition. Right? There you go. So she she has a car incident, which is not funny of course, and no. um, and obviously hurts herself, neck, back, all the things and, and she puts forward the claim. She says that she, you know, is in bed all the time. The husband has to bring medication. She can't do anything. Uh, lost out on ample time playing mm-hmm. with her children, etc. etc. But then she makes the mistake and she goes to a charity event mm-hmm. and she throws a five foot Christmas tree by herself. <laughs> There's photos of her doing it. My neck, my back, back my down. spine. She says she's in constant pain but then can throw a Christmas tree. Uh, Have you ever seen the caber tossing that they do in Scotland? Which is like a large large log that they throw. It's kind of like Scottish Highlander games that they do. Yeah. Yeah, It's a wooden beam. Yeah, well, this is what happens in Ireland too. So she said she was unable to work for five years but then was, uh, you know, shown uh, throwing a Christmas tree. I mean, rule number (laughs) one. Mm -hmm. Don't throw any Christmas trees. Never throw a Christmas tree. (laughs) Don't get a bauble to the groin. (laughs) Try not to. Um, but Don't yeah, this, get they caught, follow you dude. around. I know, that's mm. the thing. This is why you cannot ever. Ever, why would you want to break the law and put in a false claim? You don't do it. Mm-hmm. I saw a, uh, a work compo situation with my mum, which was genuine, by the way, as much as I joke about it. And me and my sisters weren't as sensitive as we could be because my poor mama Debbie's a school teacher, and this mm-hmm. was so many years ago. She was out on playground duty and she got 
thumped in the back of her neck by um, by a kid and, and a football, you know, mm. like, so she really hurt her neck. Yeah. But she was just always, I'm not laughing, I know what I sound mean, she was just always in pain because of her neck. We're like, Mom, are you okay? And she's like, no, I can't because of my neck. But the older I get, and I realise it literally yeah. hurts my neck just to even twist my head. Now I'm an exhausted mother. Sometimes you wake up and you've just thrown your neck out. <laughs> That's That's, we're so, at that age. I yeah. know we are. So mm. imagine being, like, thumped in the back of the neck by a football mm. thing. They're like, you know, and when people try and do the wrong thing with compo claims, they just ruin it for everyone else. You well, know? sometimes, like, my wife literally had neck and back problems her whole life. She had surgery on it, and she did get some compensation from her work. But then um, someone followed her into the park, and she picked up Maddie. So Maddie's, like, uh, at this stage, probably about two. Yeah, you're And they're daughter. like, oh, she's fine. And literally the compensation got, like, denied. What? Because they'd followed her into the park and saw her, that if, you, if you're well enough to pick up your daughter, and she goes, well, I can't deny my own that's child. That's ridiculous. Yeah, it is ridiculous. I mean, that's, that is so absurd. You can be mm. in debilitating pain. You still have to parent. That's what being a parent is. You don't get a sick day when you're no. a mum or a dad or a parent or a carer. They go, oh, you've hurt yourself, mum. Don't worry about me. I'm good. Like, yeah, and so she had child. to go to this weird trial thing, and they're like, oh, you were also laughing too and <laughs> having a good time. I'm like, yeah, of course. I'm with my daughter. Yeah. yeah it was the strangest thing. You so, really yeah, shouldn't follow your wife around <laughs> in a park. Dad and Christy. Love on the radio, love on the listener. James McGinn. It's Dan and Christy, Goals or Gals. Hello, and uh, it's time to play this. This is a game where we play with a contestant. You either win uh, maybe a footy adventure with your team or a weekend away with your besties. Whatever it is, the chance to win a weekend valued at over $3,000 is what we're giving away. We are. That's what hmm. we're here to do. Just make you happy. We love you. We want to celebrate you, and we want to thank you for listening to Dan and Christy. Honestly, it just makes our day. So thank you so hmm. much for everyone that gets involved on the show. And like Dan said, this is valued at over $3,000. That's a lot of money. Mm-hmm. For a weekend, you that's know right. that's not a month's holiday. It's three thousand bucks for the the weekend, so you can do whatever you want. It's a big hullabalooza getaway. They're saying a companion celebration at thirteen ten sixty. Sonia from Jeeveston. Now, what would you do on a nice weekend away? I'd either take my kids away around Tassie to areas we haven't been, travel around Tassie, or over to Melbourne. Oh, Aww, lovely, son. And three thousand dollar weekend. That's worth a lot, isn't it? It is a lot of money. Three thousand dollars, actually. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it sounded better in my head. Well, honey, you're an exhausted mother and you deserve this, so we want you to go in the shortlist and potentially win, of course. So Dan's got the question. Yep, goals or gals, yep. is this a football player or a cocktail, Sonia? A martini messy. <laughs> that is a cocktail. It's a cocktail. Yes. Well done, Sonia. Nicely done. Because obviously there's Lionel Messi, ah. the great Argentinian soccer superstar. That's who I was thinking of. My son's obsessed with Messi. Um, Have you had a Martini Messi? Football players. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, he's one of the greatest of all time. Uh, he won the World Cup. Woof. Oh, there we go. Wow. I missed that too, Wow. <laughs> That's what everyone said at the time, I think. <laughs> Congratulations, honey. You are on the shortlist. Thank you so much, guys. Have a great day. For a limited time only, get any size soft drink for just $1 at Macca's. That was the Dan and Christy podcast. Dan and Christy.